welcome to another episode of Love Your City podcast coming to you from Dubai, from yes. Washington to Dubai. Here we are, Sam. It's a privilege to be here, isn't it? It is. It's fantastic. We've had a good week. Um, and yeah. I think today must be about our fourth day here and, and mm. it's actually movement day, Dubai. Yeah. Which we've um, come for. And I must confess, I knew very little to nothing about Dubai other than what I've seen in movies and that it was in the Middle East. Yeah. You know it geographically, kind of. <laughs> okay. Um, but to be here, it, it's, it's a fascinating city. Yeah, just to think um, in the last 30 years, this city's really been built up uh, by mm. some rich oil people. Yeah. And actually, we heard today, one of the first things they built when they found the oil was a church. Yeah. Um, which uh, yeah, is amazing. Yeah, that was a fascinating story. Yeah. Um, and, and then this is the first um, movement day in the Middle East. Yeah. So quite a historic day to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was... A, a, a clear standout to me was, and I'm, I'm coming from Toowoomba, <laughs> <laughs> the other too. side of the world, and the, not, not just the other side of the world geographically, but the other side of the world culturally, right? Yep. And so I, w- without going to detail, I, I had my preconceived ideas about the Middle East, but this morning, the opening address was from someone from the government, someone who represented the sheik, the sheik mm. of... Uh, <laughs> sheik. Of, of um, <laughs> not, just, not just Dubai, but the yeah. United Arab Emirates. Yep. And uh, they've declared 2019 to be the year of tolerance. Yeah. Um, and, and in our Western culture, I think that word's probably got connotations that are negative. But here, yep. they're celebrating it because it means that um, churches are free to worship. Churches are free to gather. Exactly. And uh, it was an incredible moment. Well, and the reason why they're really pushing this is because there's um, over 200 people from over 200 nations that live in Dubai. Yeah. It's a very yeah. transient city. Um, and so they're really wanting to create a, a place of peace where yeah. all cultures can dwell together. But I actually wrote down their five um, values for the year of tolerance, respect, yeah. empathy, compassion, curiosity, and generosity. I yeah, mean, fantastic. they're just biblical values, yeah. aren't they? Now, I, I think they mentioned a link to those five things. So we might try and find that and put it on the, put it on our Facebook okay. page. And well, I will remember to do that, Letitia. Yeah. And you will remind me. You never forget anything, Sam. I never forget anything. No, that's right. <laughs> Uh, no private jokes on the podcast, please. No. Um, the other thing that I, that I think really was impactful for me was hearing an Australian guy who, who hosted a panel hmm. and he came to Dubai for three years and 13 years later he's still here. Yeah. But he came with the attitude of, me, of many, this is quoting him, not my ideas, but uh, the attitude of many uh, expats, I came to Dubai for the money. No, yeah. Don't have to pay any tax. Come to, and, he, and he used this phrase, I came to rent Dubai. Yeah. But... The revelation that he has had and that he shared is that that attitude of wanting to serve the city. And he said, rather than being a renter, I want to be a gardener and plant and, and serve and see the things grow in the city. That was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. no. Uh, great. And great to hear what he's doing here. But um, mm. as we've been going to Movement Day around yeah. the world um, <laughs> for yeah, the last movement few days, years, yes. uh, it's, it's funny being a part of a committee that meets in a different country every year. But yeah. uh, a great guy that I met last year in Nairobi, Carlton Deal. We're about to interview him. Um, so let's yeah, listen to his tune story. Yeah, to his story. Well, today here I am at Movement Day Dubai and uh, we're just in the lunch break and chatting with us today is Carlton Deal. Welcome, Carlton. Thank you. Nice to be here. Now, I actually met you last year at uh, Movement Day Nairobi, Nairobi in Africa. Exactly, you yeah. meet people mm-hmm. all over the place. Yes. Um, you're an American mm, living in guilty. the city of Belgium. True. But you're married to an Australian. Uh, well, I like to call her a quasi-Aussie. <laughs> okay. Because she grew up in Perth, even though she was born in the U.S. Her okay. parents were missionaries mm-hmm. and uh, originally worked with Aboriginal 
community and then yep. moved into Perth and started a Presbyterian denomination, okay. actually. Yep. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah. So you're, you're one American that has been to Perth several Correct. times. Correct. I have, yes. yes I think three times. How did you find the animals? Oh, we love the animals, <laughs> really? yes. Did, did they an important kill question. you? <laughs> well, most Americans we say they'd love to come to Australia, but they're too afraid of the animals. Did they say that? I get that. Oh, come on. I tell them you're going to get killed by a gun in America. Absolutely. Keep an telling them in that. Australia. Please, <laughs> no. Um, anyway, we're not here to talk about Australian animals. Um, <laughs> Although I did see one freaky bat at a zoo, I have to say. And I'm <laughs> not a fan of bats. Okay. So what's an American doing living in Belgium? Mm. Tell us a bit of what you do there. Yeah, actually our backstory goes to Geneva. So we were 10 years in Geneva, okay. Switzerland. Yep. Um, and that was because we, both my wife and I, before we met, had heard a whisper from the Lord to, uh, to serve him in Europe. Um, church planting in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in youth ministry at the time in Virginia and uh, found out about a youth ministry opportunity in Geneva with international school kids. Yeah. And it was in English, so it gave me a chance to kind of leverage some experience in youth ministry in the U.S. into a European setting, but yeah. still continue in English. But I think what happened is we really fell in love with the international community. So we love in Geneva and then now in Brussels that um, God has sent the nations you know, two cities. I mean, it's it's true in Dubai. It's true. In, I mean, it's true in every city. But um, Brussels, in particular, is is I, I would say maybe the world's most densely compacted, most multicultural city. Hmm. I mean, maybe Paris or London or New York are as international, but they're just bigger. So Brussels, you can kind of wrap your arm around it. It's 1.2 million, something yeah. like that. But I, I think we probably have somebody from every country in the world in Brussels. Wow. It's amazing. Wow. And, and it's the capital, some would say, the uh, capital of Europe. Okay. So the European institutions are all based there. So we have, you know, I just see God has sent the nations to Brussels. Yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. So you are there, um, you're running a church, you're a mm-hmm. pastor, mm-hmm. but also you're um, running something called Serve the City. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to hear more about what that does. Yeah, when we were planting, uh, starting the process of planting a church, we went through that that same thinking process everybody probably goes through, like, what's church? What's our church going to look like? You know, do we just want to be that thing that meets in a building and sings some songs, you know? Like, if we disappeared, would anybody miss us? You know, that kind of stuff. And I reached back into my youth ministry past, and we had seen real-life transformation um, in kids' lives as they served the poor. And we would always take them to Eastern European locations, Poland or Romania or Croatia or something. And it was it was amazing, you know, one or two week trips. But then we thought, well, why don't we just do that same sort of thing in a city? Um, Set up a lot of projects, take a week and just see what who would volunteer with us. Um, so we created uh, a week like that, and then it just blew up. So that was 2005, and we were all amazed at how it, how much it impacted our lives. Yeah. And one of the things we say in Service City a lot is we know them by their needs. Yeah. What if we knew them by name? You know, yeah. just realizing that we know people in their categories. We know people yeah. as homeless or refugees or children in need or victims of abuse. Um, but what if relationally we could, is another thing we say a lot, cross the line. So we see in every city there's lines like streets or train tracks or a river that people live like this on one side and like that on the other. Yeah. So what if we can initiate serving, volunteering, okay. care for people in need? Yeah. So you started that 2005. Mm. So what um, what impact has it had on your city 
over the years? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, well, it's all partnership-based. I mean, in every city where Serve the City takes place, we I like to describe our, us as a one-legged stool. Yeah. We just don't exist without partnerships. Yeah. So, mm. And the things that we end up doing are defined by the partnerships. So in Brussels, we have a lot of small nonprofit associations, mm. and they're already caring for refugees or homeless people or whatever. But they weren't connected. So one thing we've been able to do is just, you know, build a stronger network of people who are already doing things to care for people in need yeah. so that people can see resources on one side of the city or the other side yeah. of the city. But then also the European um, institutions have gotten involved with us. So now the European Commission, for instance, they send teams of 20 or 30. Uh, we set up a volunteer day for them. They pay us to do it. In fact, last November, they sent a thousand colleagues in one week to us and paid us 50,000 euros to. Uh, so for us, it's a win win. Like we're getting folks involved in volunteering. Um, so I would say we have thousands of people in Brussels who are now part, part of Serve the City. So it's, we're, we're seeing life transformation mm -hmm. as people volunteer because we find that for many it becomes a spiritual pathway that they maybe aren't planning to get to church you know, anytime soon, but they care about people's suffering yeah. and if you could provide them an opportunity to to get involved you know it, it, and then I think they encounter Jesus in a way yeah now you oh, just um, you were telling me before when we we're chatting um, how someone was it the government's wanting to give you a whole block yep. tell yep. us that story yeah mm. yeah so we were meeting with the city council um, a couple weeks ago and um, and as, as we explained serve the city to them they said you know what we've got these trouble spots hot spots in our city and uh, what if we could take you and just walk around these neighborhoods and and maybe you could lead you know neighborhood transformation mm. there um, so we we're still waiting to walk around those neighborhoods but one of them is a neighborhood in Brussels where we actually started 15 years ago like the very first serve the city project was in that neighborhood wow. so it would be a dream come true I think mm. if they would trust us and it's a it's one of these kind of big high-rise blocks mm. of flats like probably five or more thousand people living in a very small area mm. all immigrants all very low income they even have community gardens but as soon as they have a community garden it's you know occupied by homeless people or, or yeah, drug wow. dealers or or women in mm. prostitution yeah. so It'll be a challenge, but privilege. <laughs> I'm interested, Carlton, uh, in Australia, when you set up something like you've described, Serve the City, it often sort of sits alongside the church as a parachurch organisation. What, what are the lines like between Serve the City and, the, and your church and mm. then the other churches of the city? What's the relationship like? Yeah, thanks. That's a great question. Um, the, when we started Serve the City, we were also starting our church, The Well. Mm. So in that same year, we would sometimes say The Well started Serve the City, yeah. and we would sometimes say Serve the City started The Well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, but we quickly realized, uh, we don't want this to be felt to be the ministry of one church. Yeah. So we networked with as many churches as, as we could talk to, and then we discovered that, like, what would, what would Anglicans and Presbyterians and Catholics you know, and Episcopals all do together. Like, they won't worship or pray together probably, but mm. they'll serve together. Yeah. So then we were able to build this network. Although, I have to confess, over time, we kind of like stopped going out of our way to connect with churches. Mm. And on balance, the volunteers that came to us were, were not believers, which we wow. love. Like, we love yeah. to have people who yeah. are not yet followers of Jesus serving with us. But we've recently decided, oh, no, no, we need to go back mm. to churches and just reinforce you know what this looks like as mm. discipleship yeah. like yeah. god's heart for the poor and yeah. yeah 
I mean, I guess your ideal audience is 50-50 or something mm. like that. Yeah, that's brilliant. And so what was that moment? I, I, I know Letitia talked earlier with you about that, that connection with Movement Day and, and being uh, in Washington last year. Yes. And uh, other Movement Days that, that has had a, had a role in that. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so, mm. you know, I have a couple hats. And, you know, mm. some, sometimes I see the city from the church planting side. And our vision as the church is neighborhood-based small communities that are all networked, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes I see the cities through the, through the sort of the city lens. And when I went to Movement Day or 100 City Summit in Washington, mm. I went there with the thought that, oh, Movement Day in Brussels would be great. Like, yeah. I could imagine a bunch of churches coming together, thinking about transformation in the city. That'd be amazing. And I just felt the Lord convict me while I was there that, okay, movement day, sh movement day. Like, it, it matters, but it... Do we need to edit that bit out? I don't no know. way. No, that's <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm perfect kidding. for Australians. It is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Um, like, it matters, of mm. course, but mm. what's the purpose of, of movement day? It's like unity in mm. action, mm. you know? So I could just go back to Brussels and just seek to build unity between pastors and yeah. churches and then I felt convicted that in fact there are church networks already meeting and I just I should even be at some of them mm. because our church is a part of those networks and I haven't been mm. so I sent an email to two key leaders that I know one on the Flemish side and one on the French speaking side mm. and just asked their forgiveness for wow. not, not being there wow. you know? and uh, and they were both so gracious and quick to That's forgive brilliant. me and yeah and uh, so I, now I want to join things that are already happening. Yeah. And yeah. then if there's any space to initiate something, because that would be helpful, that'd be great. Yeah. That's great. And I think that's a powerful story because sometimes we can go back into our cities and think, I've been to the latest conference yeah. and yeah. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. run. Um, exactly. Make this happen. But exactly. I just coming in, looking at our own lacks. None of us have done this unity thing per, um, perfectly mm. Mm. Um, or even really know how to do it. But. Starting yep. with apologising is always a great yeah. way. Um, looking where we haven't been involved. Yeah. I uncovered a story too about conflict between African churches in Brussels and uh, Belgian churches. Okay. So I mean, it, it'll take some time, but I, I know people who know the stories, so we could actually get back to those moments in time and see if there could be repentance and forgiveness and try to rebuild some of those. Yeah. Options. Now I'm sure a lot of Australians have no idea that you have heaps of um, Congolese in your yeah. city. So tell us. So back in the uh, late 19th century, King Leopold of Belgium himself uh, initiated this uh, event in Berlin where heads of state came together and carved up Africa. Wow. And uh, he drew a big circle around the Congo and just claimed it not for Belgium, but for himself. Okay. So it was wow. like the royal family's playground essentially mm. this is famously chronicled in a book called king leopold's ghost um eventually belgium said okay you know we'll take responsibility so i guess that's a slightly improved version of sure. it but that began colonization of africa um horrible chapter but now we just have so many congolese that are in belgium as a result of the relationship between belgium mm. and the congo wow. mm. so i mean belgium's even partly to blame to the uh, the war from uh, you know the 90s with uh, Rwanda and Burundi, mm. uh, and the Hutu and Tutsi, okay. uh, because when they left, they they kind of deputized one people group against the other. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
But so a big need for reconciliation. Absolutely. And, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's huge. It sounds like you know your city really well, and I mm. that might be another podcast episode on how to get to know your city oh, and how fun. to understand the culture yeah, and the sure. history. But um, yeah, no, that's brilliant. I've got to ask: Are yeah. the waffles and the ice cream as good as? Oh, they the are. They are. But I mean, rivaled by the beer and the frites. Right. <laughs> yes. Okay. And do you know good. the story about frites? So we should not be calling them French fries. And I don't mean we should call them freedom fries. I mean they're Belgian fries. So <laughs> they were them. named by World War One American soldiers who thought they were in France eating right. French fries, but they were not. They were in Belgium at the okay. time. We might have to investigate the truth of this story, but I'm going to take your word for it. The entire world <laughs> needs to know. They're Belgian <laughs> fries. Belgian oh, fries. And they're frites. Is that, is that frites, the, frites, exactly. Okay. Frites, you dip them in mayonnaise. Beer and frites, that sounds like a, a good oh, afternoon. Mm. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> good. Well, thank you for your time um, yeah, today, Carl. Can I add one more thing? Yeah. yeah. So it seems we may be starting Serve the City in Australia. Okay. So, okay. in fact, yeah. when I should have been paying more attention today at Movement Day, I was yes. sending yeah, a little I email to my, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> my friends in Perth and Gold Coast and Adelaide. So I think next week we're going to have a first chat about trying to get something started. Yeah, fantastic. fantastic. Great. No, well, thank you. It's yeah, been great chatting with you. And um, we look forward to seeing you in the next country. That sounds great, that Letitia. Is. Look forward to it. Excellent. Thanks, Carl. Yeah. For the record and for all of our listeners out there, I want them to know that this partnership that Letitia and I have, I do the tech gear, she finds the people. And once again, Letitia, you found someone with excellent stories. <laughs> Just a, a brilliant testimony of what God's doing in a, in a global city. Well done. Uh, look, you just start chatting to the people around you. Um, but no, he's, he's a great guy. And yeah. the more I get to know him, the more I love uh, hanging out with him, chatting yeah. and hearing more of his story. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so for me, I think the standout was definitely going back to his city and emailing yeah. those pastors and just apologizing. I've yeah. never heard people go, I'm going to go and build unity and start yeah. by apologizing. Um, I think it's I think it's the it's probably the culmination or not culmination that's the wrong word but but such a powerful life live example of what I've heard Roger Sutton say that he says don't tell me churches can't work together all it takes is a little thing called humility yeah. and there's nothing more humiliating yep. than repenting publicly to someone else and apologizing and I think I, I was I, wa- I wanted to ask he ended up answering what was the response of those pastors and it, 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 it actually calls forth a gracious response yes. for a brother or sister in Christ. And yep. so, and the fruit of that will be incredible. Yep. I really liked um, pressing into that idea about, you know, so easily when you set up something like for the city, uh, yeah. serve the city, sorry, that he was talking about, um, it's so easy for, for walls to start being built up between church and parachurch. Yep. And, and particularly with something like serving the poor. So the parachurch serves the poor but the church just continues to do their thing when really biblically the yeah. church should not only serve the poor but welcome the poor mm. and, I, and I really like how they're working intentionally to break those walls down and get the church together yep. on that yeah and again just another great example when you are in your city serving it then uh, before you know it the city council is wanting to give you whole neighborhoods ah, amazing <laughs> yeah um, and so yeah it's just a great way to build those links and yeah, um, do what the church should be doing excellent excellent yes. well from Dubai to Brussels and back to our airwaves across Australia. We hope you enjoyed this episode and yes. tune in for more and tell all your friends about it. <laughs> Get on movementday, movementday.com.au to find out more about Movement Day Australia and if you Google Movement Day, you'll find a whole lot of expressions all over the world. That's it. Yeah. See you, Sam. See ya. See ya.